we believe so strongly in community, and even though it is, has its challenges, it is so worth to have people you can do life with. Looking back, our life looks so different to what it is now, and we owe a lot of that to the people we have surrounded ourselves with. So our prayer is that if you do have a community, great, keep investing in it. But if you don't, may this inspire hope to search and seek out a community that will love, push you in your faith, and support you through the ups and downs of what all life has to bring. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast hosts. And it is Valentine's yeah. Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And we are so excited to bring you a story from a couple. We don't get these very yeah. often. And today we have Aaron and Shannon Eisler from Tupelo, Mississippi, sharing a sweet story. You know, and I'm telling you, it is no small feat for a couple to tell a story and to go back and forth and be cohesive, but they do it so well. You're going to hear about a little bit about their past. You're going to hear how they met through their church, The Orchard, which is actually, we did a retreat at The Orchard. We've been in, there. Yes, we've been there in Tupelo, Mississippi as well. So you're going to hear them mention The Orchard. But you know, if you're single, don't turn this off because it is not a story about marriage. It's really a story about community and the important role that community plays for each one of us. And on this Valentine's Day, for our Patreon insiders, we are kicking off a marriage series that you do not want to miss. So just scroll down in our show notes. If you want to join our Patreon community, you can click the link or simply visit our website at storytellerslive.org. Here are the Eislers. I'm Shannon, and this is Aaron. Some people call Sharon. <laughs> Uh, we have a dog named Duke that we love and adore. We can't not give him a shout out. <laughs> uh, and we have a short story that we want to share. Um, but first, we thought it was really important for y'all to know uh, a little bit of Aaron's background. Uh, he was raised in Alabama. And then a little bit about me. I was raised here in Mississippi, um, just 30 minutes away. And how our 14-year age difference uh, didn't stop us from meeting each other. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of, about my story. I was raised in Alabama um, by my two wonderful parents, and of course I had two older brothers as well. Uh, but life looked a lot different for me uh, before uh, due to some choices that I made. My parents did everything in their power to teach us proper morals and work ethic. They were absolutely the best in every way. But due to some sniff, some choices I had made when I was younger at, uh, at the time, I didn't realize were going to have a significant impact on my life for many years to come. Uh, I struggled with substance abuse for almost 20 years of my life, and with that came living a lifestyle that would put me around people who most would consider the wrong crowd to be associating with. My life prior to me seeking treatment wasn't all bad, and I had some moments of what we would all consider success, uh, but it really was very much of a roller coaster of a ride for me uh, because I never knew what was around the next corner. Uh, it wasn't until the age of 36, uh, 36 years old, that I hit one of the lowest points in my life. Uh, with criminal charges stacked up against me to also becoming homeless, it seemed like life couldn't get any worse. Uh, at the time, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to change everything about my life that wasn't good for me. So I checked myself into a faith-based treatment facility known as Restoration Ranch. And over the next three years, I took time to work on myself. Uh, I built a personal relationship with Christ and grew in many other areas that needed work. The ranch gave me an opportunity to take some time to do some self-reflection on my past choices and experience something new in my life. Over the years, I gained my confidence, moved into a leadership role, and learned who I was in Christ. 
Uh, my time there was very special to me because of the impact that it had on me that helped launch me really into my next season of life. I will say it didn't happen overnight. It took a lot of dedication and work to get me to where I am today. The ladies at the, uh, that run the podcast will be putting the information for anyone who knows someone who might be in treatment or that is needing some help. Restoration Ranch has been a place that Aaron and I have even been able to go back and visit since he's left. And I know it's played a really special place in my heart as well. But my story may sound a little bit different, but honestly, it's more alike than I would probably care to admit. I grew up in church. Both sides of my family went to the same church. Uh, my granddad, my mom's dad, even started, uh, helped plant a church years ago that's still growing and thriving today. Um, he was able to baptize all seven of his grandkids before he passed. Most of my life after that was pretty smooth sailing. Uh, sports kept me busy and out of trouble. Uh, it was when I got to college when my poor and selfish, destructive decisions began. I somehow managed to keep good grades, maintain a job, but building in-depth, healthy relationships was the least of my concern. Unfortunately, this carried on for the next six years of my life. Uh, most every friend that I had was very superficial, um, to no fault of theirs. I had my moments, and I was pretty good at putting on that mask to make it seem like others were getting more of me, but I was simply putting my time, energy, and effort into things that had no eternal value. I can remember a very specific prayer I prayed during those years. Lord, help me be a shining light for you, particularly for my friends. And as silly as that probably sounded at the time, I meant it. Uh, I knew where my roots were. They had been planted so long ago. But the Lord just laughed and very clearly made me realize that I was just blocking it. On the New Year's weekend going into 2019, a friend of mine invited me to go to the Passion Conference. Uh, if any of you don't know what that is, uh, Passion is Lily Giglio's church and the conference that they have each year on the New Year's weekend. It's just a series of teaching and worship, and it's really impactful if you've never been able to go. Uh, but that weekend sparked something new in me. All these years, I had spent no time becoming someone the Lord would want me to be. It was a lot of time wasted. But by the summer of 2019, I was ready to do something different. One visiting pastor for Orchard Nights which the Orchard uh, is the church that I attend now. And at the time, it was the only church I was attending. It's their way of having like VBS and revival all at the same time. Uh, but one of the visiting pastors shared some words I would never forget. You need to be pouring into whoever is pouring into you. And at that time, the only little bit of church I attended was the Orchard. But for the first time, I made some personal decisions that affected my faith like never before. I joined the Orchard. I went through their members class. I started volunteering with youth, began tithing, and joined a small group. And that small group and the community that came with it changed everything. Although I didn't know what to do, I definitely knew what I shouldn't be. And some scripture that really stands out to me now when reflecting on this time of my life is Colossians 3, 7 through 10. And to summarize, Paul just says, you used to do these things, but now, now is the time to get rid of it. It's time to be renewed. And one concept that I've learned recently, uh, it was brought up in a devotional that Aaron and I started, was how important it is to remember. Remembering where I was, remembering that my past did serve a purpose in my life, and remembering that in our insufficiency is where Christ is most sufficient in His grace and mercy. And I firmly believe that remembering is the only way 
to see, know, and experience how faithful the Lord is in each of our lives. But Paul says again in Ephesians 2, 3 through 5, that all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy that He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. So for anyone listening, don't lose hope. This was just the beginning for me. Uh, But know that there is a challenge to do something different and to be someone different. And from personal experience, I found it's easiest when I have a community around me trying to do the very same thing. Prior to me leaving the ranch, I had built a relationship with someone very special. Uh, His name is Chris Mills. Uh, I had been over to Tupelo prior to that a couple of times doing some work for him. But uh, I built this relationship with him. And, um, you know, he just uh, he gave me such a fresh start in life, Um, gave me just a new opportunity, a roof over my head, a vehicle to drive, a job and so much more. And he was just such a true gift for me at the time. And this was huge for me. I had only visited uh, Tupelo a few times prior, but it was new and exciting. I would soon come to find it was so much more than that than what I could ever imagine. I immediately started attending and getting involved in helping serve at the orchard. I could see what they had cultivated over the years with the community, and it made me uh, made it very easy to feel accepted and get plugged in. One of their values that I came to find so true is life change happens best in community. Within a short amount of time, I joined a small group that opened a door to me meeting new people and experiencing life in community. I could see from the very beginning that there was something very special about this group. Everyone was so welcoming, and it didn't hurt that a very special someone was attending the same group. It also helped to have a great sense of belonging that we were connected to other believers who were learning just as we were how to follow Christ. It can be very scary to join a small group uh, because of the preconceived notions whether you will fit in or be accepted. Ours was a little intimidating because of the size of the group, but it was also had its benefits. It gave us a wider range of people to connect with. And yes, uh, some people we connected with better than others, but that didn't stop us from making friends with everyone. We loved, supported, and pushed each other in our faith as we all desired to grow deeper in in love with Christ. Brings me to a passage that is in Acts 2, and uh, it says that they developed a community and the Lord had added to their fellowship daily. And we found that to be so very true. Uh, yes, it was intimidating that, uh, you know, but uh, there was uh, such a special time for us. Robin and Ken have really set a very high standard for us uh, as we came into that. And uh, we just had a lot of people who were truly passionate about uh, trying to follow after Jesus. And it meant a lot of us, especially in our early stages of us getting to know each other. Uh, but we do want to be very clear that it has not always been easy. And yes, we have lost some friends along the way. With anything in life, the community has its challenges, and we are not exempt from facing them. Feelings hurt, people choosing to walk away, unspoken expectations have all played a part in being part of the community. If there is one thing I can say about having a good community is that they are not perfect, but they are present. God calls us to seek and save the lost, and there isn't anyone we know, including ourselves, that hasn't been in a season where they have felt lost, and we as a community should be the ones to help point them back in the right direction. Aaron saying this makes me remember something that I've always loved about him, even if it made me really uncomfortable at times. (laughs) But he's never shied away from having a tough conversation or dealing with confrontation. 
uh, if you need somebody to do that for you, hit him up. But we started dating and getting to know each other during COVID. And so our most of our dates were walks in a local neighborhood uh, called Joiner. <laughs> and so I can remember our literal very first walk in Joiner. And I don't, I don't even think we had hardly got started walking, but Aaron asked me, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? And what are your goals and fears in life? And I was like, what in the world have I just said? Yeah, I hadn't dated in, in a few years prior to <laughs> <laughs> But even now, some of my friends will say um, that they'll be totally fine. And then Aaron will come in the room and be like, are you really okay? <laughs> and then your insides just start wrestling because really some villains are stirring deep within you. But he's just always had a really beautiful way of uh, pulling out truth and encouraging someone all at the same time. He's such a leader in our relationship, but he's also such a leader in our community uh, and the small group we were in for three years, as well as uh, the one we've started now. Um, but if something doesn't break surface level pretty quickly, Aaron really doesn't care to be a part of it. Um, so you can imagine that that started some serious conversations pretty early in our relationship. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. Uh, I guess coming from the ranch, having to deal with uh, people in active addiction, trying to dig a little bit deeper um, uh, uh, below surface level with uh, getting to the root of issues and so forth, uh, you learn to have kind of those tough conversations uh, I guess I really didn't mean to bring him into my relationship right off the bat, but uh, what do you do? You just keep rolling with it. But uh, yeah, but um, and I think that's what makes our community experience so special. We have a, a real sense of a raw ability to be vulnerable with one another. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of people would find that their relationships would be strengthened over that if they were willing just to go a little bit deeper with people. Anything on surface level is very superficial. And, you know, we didn't want that. We desired to have people who were willing to not only try to pull the best out of us, but us to be able to do that for them as well. Uh, but doing life with people, being with them in their week in and week out allows you to see many aspects of their lives, some good and some bad. Uh, but it gives you insight into how together we can help each other push forward through all the things that life is capable of throwing at us. Also, like so many other people who may be listening, we know what life was like before without having the right people in our lives. And so it helps us appreciate and value what we do have now. I think Aaron mentioned their names earlier, uh, but Robin and Ken were our small group leaders for three years, and they chose to have small group in their home, and that home is a very special place to us. Uh, we actually ended up getting married in their backyard, <laughs> but that home was so full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's no doubt, there's no denying that. Uh, there's so many people besides just us that have had that experience. It's just a warm welcome it's so inviting, um, and they don't care where you came from, what path of life you've taken. They're there with open arms to embrace you anytime you came in their door. They created a space of scripture and worship and a family, and um, we saw so many people join over the three years that we were there. Uh, some people left, some people stayed. Uh, we joked that we were the OGs. We were some of the originals <laughs> that were there. Uh, but the beautiful part was even if someone did leave for a time, when they were ready to come back, they were welcomed with those same open arms um, when they did return. Uh, it was an incredible place to meet new people for anybody looking, uh, especially a future husband. <laughs> <laughs> a little matchmaking going on there. <laughs>
Yeah, like Shannon said, Robin and Ken, they really had set the standard individually and as a couple. As Shannon and I's relationship started to become more serious, we were now stepping into another season, the engagement phase. And let me tell you, the day we got engaged was was uh, what you would not call ideal. Uh, <laughs> uh, we took the weekend to go to Six Flags in Atlanta, and it seemed like anything that could have gone wrong did. The day started uh, about us forgetting the time zone change and ended the day with Shannon crying at the dinner table, and they were not happy tears. <laughs> Although I could have uh, planned this out a little bit better, I proposed to Shannon in the alleyway outside of the restaurant. But, uh, but this day is such a great reminder of how life tends to come at us. It was life. As I got down on one knee, I said, through the good and the bad and the ugly, I still choose you. It was definitely a series of unfortunate events that day. <laughs> uh, I can remember right at the very end, even though, seriously, that was probably the only good part of the day was the proposal. I was like, Aaron, does my mom know that you're proposing? He's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and I said, she's still awake right now, and it was probably 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> but she was, and we called her. Um, but even though it was not the best day, it, it truly was just an example of how life is. No matter what kind of toolbox you you packed, life's going to come at you. you. Yeah, very much so. You know, neither of us had been married before or or had really ever been engaged. So uh, all this was new, but we had established relationships with people who could give us not only examples to look to, but godly wisdom as we were embarking on this new chapter in our lives. Needless to say, with all this, we did not do everything right. And we had a lot of growing to do. But we often to this day ask ourselves the question, where or what? our relationship would look like without the support of our community. Just the social aspect of doing life with people you love has been such a huge blessing. These are the people that you're rooting for their success, their triumphs, their victories, their blessings. And the flip side of that is sometimes you're dealing with their downfalls as well as them dealing with yours. We we believe so many people would fare better, that they would increase their odds at a better chance of success if they chose to dive in sooner than later in life. Uh, earlier this week, uh, a couple of our friends, Jeff and Lauren, asked us to help with uh, the Orchard College ministry. Specifically for me, that was a very full circle moment. Um, I got to do it with my friend Lizzie. And just to know that those were some of the days that I made some of my worst decisions. And to know that there's other people out there trying to do the right thing at that age is mind-blowing. <laughs> so um, I, I definitely wish... That's something that I would have gotten plugged into sooner, um, and we've gotten to be a witness of that through serving with youth and college ministry. Yeah, it brings uh, something up. You know, I cannot remember anything about my childhood, not one thing whatsoever that um, that ever was wrong whatsoever. I can just remember my parents telling me that if you continue to hang around those people, you'll end up just like them. And I found that to, I found that to be so very true in my life. And so for someone who, you know, could get uh, plugged in a little bit sooner, who could get involved with a community even like ours or uh, surround themselves with a positive influence, can make all the difference in the world. You know, after that, you know, we both had mentors with years of experience who were willing to impart great wisdom, example, and insight into our spiritual life and marriage. Statistics show us uh, that marriages are falling at a rapid rate, and Shannon and I do not believe we're above being one of those statistics. We made a pact from the very beginning that we were going to heed advice, do things, uh, do things together that pushed our relationship towards Christ, uh, even marriage counseling, 
and seeking wise advice on matters that we felt were difficult for us. We haven't got, always gotten this right. Uh, some seasons we have prevailed more, and others we've had to regroup. Nonetheless, we strive to make sure that uh, we keep things in perspective in home and work life. Uh, our pastor and friend, Will Rambo, uh, once gave us some good advice. If you want a happy marriage, hang out with other happy couples. And that seems so vague uh, and maybe even a little cheesy, but it holds so much truth. Everyone brings so much into a relationship. Past relationships, healthy or not, play a part in how each of us learn and respond in our relationships now. If you weren't aware, uh, your relationship with your significant other or spouse plays a huge part in your small group community and in your community together with each other. Because Aaron and I had never been in a good and healthy relationship, we were adamant in doing things different this time. We even moved our wedding up six months just so we weren't having to shack up prior to getting married. (laughs) But besides that, we knew we wanted to add uh, some morning routines of reading scripture, uh, reading a devotional, or even praying together. And this allowed us to give our first and our best, not only to God, but to each other. And we, we just truly wanted to find out what ministry looked like for Aaron, what ministry looked like for me, uh, and what that looked like to serve together. And don't get me wrong, that didn't prevent us from having our bad moments. You don't have to spend much time with us to know that we argue and butt heads. <laughs> and it's not always pretty. But we almost immediately went to marriage counseling after getting married. Uh, part of this was because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. Uh, but the other part was just to get over the hump of going to see a therapist. Um, it was something neither of us had ever done, but felt it was very important and necessary. Yeah, I'll be the first to admit I was uh, <laughs> against going to see a marriage counselor. Um, you know, I just I assumed, hey, uh, everyone argues and we are no different from that. And we're just going to have to learn to deal with it. Uh, but uh, I did remember having uh, some mentors and people in our lives that, you know, they did it just because they wanted to be helping. I mean, it just made a ton of sense, uh, you know, to... Uh, uh, that if I want to increase my odds, if I want to increase our odds at a, a better chance of a success for marriage, why wouldn't I, you know, uh, why wouldn't I try to look at, uh, or, uh, heat advice and get uh, a different perspective from someone who is a trained professional. And I can remember very clearly, uh, from one of the very first ses- sessions after talking for just a little bit, and I actually have found that to be so, uh, fruitful as well. But, uh, uh, she said with anything new comes growing pains. And so, and, and to give yourself some grace in that change, change uh, does bring new things. And so, uh, you know, uh, we were no different from that. And uh, we needed to give ourselves a little bit of grace in some areas because we could be very hard on each other uh, in those times and felt like, well, oh, did we make a mistake or, you know, or, or, or are we different from someone else? But yet, you know, it, it's, it's a part of it. Uh, we were navigating an area in our life that we had uh, never both embarked on. And so uh, it was just a new experience for us. You know, since our engagement, the obvious next step was marriage for us, and it couldn't have been more an exciting time. We had both put all our chips on the table, and we were ready to take on life together. And so we were married December 3rd, 2021, and haven't looked back. The first year of marriage for a lot of people can be somewhat difficult. And yes, we have had our fair share of ups and downs, but wow, life is good. And Shannon has continued to find new opportunities at the company she works for. She has even spent the last year working about an hour away, so... Uh, just added pressure on our relationship in and of itself. And after a year 
in the Orchards Residency Program, and an introduction into ministry is really what that is, is the residency. I was offered a position to stay on staff as the missions director. I'm now working on a new recovery ministry called Emerge for the Orchard as well. And uh, being in a new season of our life uh, with much prayer, Shannon and I felt strongly uh, to start a new married couples uh, small group where we have continued to grow in community and the love of Christ. And uh, like I said earlier, Aaron didn't shy away from the tough conversations. One conversation we had, even while we were still dating, was about having children. Uh, it had always been a fear of mine uh, since I was a little girl that I, I might not be able to have kids. And I can remember Aaron mentioning that because of his past, he wasn't 100% sure that he would be able to either. But regardless of those fears, we both agreed that that wouldn't stop us. Uh, we even both voiced that we had a heart for adoption and that we're we were willing to go through extra lengths if that were the case. So almost immediately after our honeymoon, uh, we did begin trying to have a child. Uh, months went by and trying naturally, and we weren't having any luck. Uh, there were several tests to help rule things out for us. But for anyone that has ever struggled to have children, there's so much that goes into it. Taking all the at-home ovulation tests, trying to time things perfectly. But it never seemed to do the trick. The emotional toll it takes on a woman is unlike anything I've ever been through in my life. It's tough. And after trying on our own for a while, I finally went to go talk to my doctor. She gave us a list of all the treatments and procedures that were an option for us. Uh, and one thing that was so encouraging is that our doctor was a believer. Um, and I'll never forget one of my appointments uh, that she said, I believe in science and knowledge and treatment, but I also believe in a God who is more sovereign than all of those things. It was so nice to have her on our side. Uh, but after much prayer, we felt that our first and least invasive option was medication. He gave us a new hope that just maybe, just maybe this time it would work. As each month went by, my body and my heart just couldn't take it. I am so competitive, and from a performance standpoint, I was physically, mentally, and emotionally beat. This was the first true test of my faith where I had zero control and I was ready to give up. I could not do it anymore. And even through Aaron's encouragement, I was done. Yeah, I noticed Shannon taking this a lot harder. And each month you go through this roller coaster of this high hopes in the very beginning of the month of, hey, look, we're going to try again. And then, you know, at the end of the month, obviously, with this huge letdown and this disappointment. And as a man, you want to be the one who can fix every problem that comes your way. You want to have the answer immediately. And it was out of my control. Uh, there was nothing I could do. All I could do was show love, uh, encouragement, and support. And even that became futile in a way because she was battling with a level of emotions that I would never fully understand. And so uh, I just remember very clearly uh, her breaking down. Um, this was uh, one morning in her bathroom, uh, and she just she was at her wit's end. And I just was so adamant, you know, hey, let's just keep trying the medication. Uh, let's just keep pushing forward. But uh, little did I know that the medication was also playing, uh, a t taking a toll on her as well. But uh, I just encouraged her. Uh, I was like, hey, look, I can't, I can't be there for you. In, in an area where I, I really don't fully understand. And so 
asked her to go speak to some people within our community that had dealt with some of the similar, uh, similar issues. I myself did as well. Uh, I think uh, one of the beautiful things was Shannon and I never uh, strayed away from being very open about our situation. Uh, I think we, we don't normalize it enough, uh, being able to talk about the things that we struggle with in life. And so it was not to say, hey, look, uh, have sympathy for us or anything like that whatsoever, but we, we needed prayers. Uh, we needed love. We needed encouragement. We needed support. And uh, and we um, we knew that this was a very tough challenge for us. Um, we've been trying for almost uh, a little less than a year and a half with, with, with no luck. We stood in faith. Uh, we kept trusting that, that the Lord would provide for us. Uh, we didn't know when. We didn't know if it was going to be through adoption. Uh, you know, we just were going to continue to believe uh, wholeheartedly that the Lord would provide for us, you know. After Shannon had been on the medication for quite some time, she stopped taking it. And uh, I, I was so glad that she did. I think the stress levels came down. Uh, the uh, mindset was not uh, this performance or this competitiveness of uh, having to, uh, you know, um, produce this child. And so uh, little did we know that after two months of her being off the medication uh, that we actually found out that we were pregnant. And it's been such a huge blessing. Uh, it's been such a uh, um, just a heartwarming moment for us as, uh, you know, we, this is something we've always dreamed of uh, is to start a family. It's been really good. <laughs> yeah, and this is the last little piece. We say all this to say that we believe so strongly in community. And even though it is, has its challenges, it is so worth to have people you can do life with. Looking back, our life looks so different to what it is now, and we owe a lot of that to the people we have surrounded ourselves with. So our prayer is that if you do have a community, great, keep investing in it. But if you don't, may this inspire hope to search and seek out a community that will love, push you in your faith, and support you through the ups and downs of what all life has to bring. Thank you all. <laughs> There at the end, Aaron spoke about the importance of community. And I think, you know, one of the reminders that they gave us in this story is that there's a challenge to do something different and to be something different, but that challenge is best done in a community of people who are trying to do the same thing. And I think that was profound because so many of us are wanting to be different and do different and live for Christ. And if we're trying to do it on our own, it is so much harder than if you have a community of believers coming alongside of you and saying, hey, I'm struggling with that as well. Let's hold each other accountable, you know, having that accountability partner maybe. And I, I thought that was just really a, a great reminder for all of us to find someone. It doesn't have to be 10 people. It can right. be one. You know, for us, we're having teenagers, having three teenagers, you find yourself where it's really hard to do a small group, quote unquote, you yeah. know, to get away one night a week because you were on the road all the time at this or that and running around. And probably two years ago, Charles and I found ourselves going, yeah, we're going to dinner with friends, but we are not really sharing our life with other people. And we found ourselves really desperate mm -hmm. for that. And so... We found other people that were in the same phase of life as us that knew we couldn't do nights. 
And y'all, we just created a morning illegal small group because you're not supposed to do them on Sunday mornings. (laughs) (laughs) But we do Sunday morning and we had to commit to eight o'clock. And you know who doesn't want to wake up at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning? (laughs) Anyone in my house. But we said, if we want community, we're going to have to give up Mm -hmm. something else Mm -hmm. for it. And we've now been going a year and a half and it's been incredible what God's done. So listen, I can vouch for Aaron and Shannon's story all day long. The Eisler story is such a great story of intentionality, intentionality with other people, intentionality to make community a priority like what you're saying, Robin, intentionality in your marriage. When they said at the end, if you want a happy marriage, hang out with happy couples. Guess what? Happy couples don't always exist, but (laughs) people who have a priority for their marriage. We were in a group setting recently, and it just so happened that one of the guys at the table said, he, he was referencing another couple, and he said, yeah, we kind of pulled back from them because we didn't feel like their marriage was really a priority. And I, I was like, mm. wow. And so when I heard mm-hmm. the Eislers saying that, I, w- I was challenged because, you know, you, you're sometimes around couples that maybe don't edify each other uh, all the time. We're David and I are guilty of that, certainly. But it... it it just changes the temperature if you're around people who are committed and really want to make marriage work. It's true. It's yeah. a game changer. It's really true. You know, Robin, you talking about just finding your small group and everything. I think about when Alan and I first got married and we tried to make it a priority to um, join a Sunday school class. You know, back then we did have it on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> and we went into a young married class. And still to this day, 25 years later, some of those couples are some of our dearest friends. And we have walked through a lot of challenges. We have gone through ups and downs in marriages, you know, walked through challenges with our children. And I honestly don't know what I would have done without those people in my life as well. Another area that they really talked about was marriage counseling. And if you're listening to this and you think, I really would love to go to marriage counseling, but I don't want to go to marriage counseling, I would encourage you. Counseling is such an integral role. It has been in my marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I say the first five years of our marriage, we paid our counselor's mortgage (laughs) (laughs) because we needed it so much because it is such a transition period, you know, of, of learning each other. If you're a young married couple, I would just encourage you to to look into finding a counselor, even if you're not having issues. It's just a great way to understand each other and where you're coming from. I remember one thing that our counselor told me way back in the day in my 20s, because I used to always say, well, Alan makes me feel this way. And he, I feel this way. And my counselor said, Katie, Alan cannot get inside of your body and make you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. That is a choice that you are making. And I still hold on to that one today as well. So marriage counseling, great, great recommendation. Well, and I loved how they have a couple that mentors them as a couple. And if you are a young married, or if you're like me and you're sitting here in your 50s, find that couple. Or Or be that couple. Or be that couple. (laughs) Yes. David and I recently have been challenged to kind of step up and start being, or try to be, that model (laughs) to young marrieds. And I I think that's that's really so important. And again, it goes back to intentionality. You know, Charles and I have had a marriage counselor that we started going to really just it was kind of maintenance. We didn't have anything major going on, but having now been married 20 years, we've, we've needed him more than once. Right. We've, we've needed that person to fall back on because it's not going to be smooth sailing forever. And if it's not you and your marriage, it's something in your house. It's your kids causing your marriage to need help. <laughs> yes. 
And then lastly, one thing that Shannon mentioned early in in their story was just the importance of remembering. And I think that's a good practice also in your marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly in your walk of faith, and we've talked about those Ebenezer Stones before in in your faith journey, but in your marriage, it is not a bad idea to look back and see the faithfulness of God, claim that faithfulness of God, and then also remember how y'all have overcome things together as a couple. That will really ground you and give you a firmer foundation. So maybe take your spouse to dinner and and bring up that conversation and and we'll we'll pray for that. So we hope you found some encouragement today whether it was the importance of finding community or being intentional with your spouse. There's a lot to learn today. So thank you, thank you and happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>